I believe you do the same thing as everybody else is doing, you're gonna have the same results that everybody else is having. So we take some pretty radical approaches to things and things that, you know, in fact, even the, our manufacturers have said, don't do that, doesn't make sense, don't do it. I said, nah, I'm gonna try it. And we've had some success with some of those things. Now we've also had some failures, don't get me wrong. Do we look and see what other people are doing? Yeah, but do we let that define us? Not even close. Welcome to the Performance Mindset Podcast, and I'm your host, Amy Calandrino, Beyond Commercial. Today, I'm delighted to have Jim Kusick of Bod Envy, Cool Sculpting Orlando. Cool Sculpting is the number one non-surgical fat reduction treatment used by doctors. Not only is it quick, easy, and painless, it requires no diet and no downtime. Jim's passion for the product goes beyond just being an owner. He's been a client. What impresses me the most about Jim is insatiable appetite for excellence. That drive has proven to be an asset in creating successful companies, including Bot Envy, which he is growing today. Welcome to the show, Jim. Thank you, Amy. I sound pretty impressive after hearing that. Thank you. That was quite an introduction. (laughs) Awesome. We could could probably end the podcast right now because all I let's let's leave it on a high note. But yeah, let's start from the beginning. Tell tell us a little bit more about your background. Okay. So my background, I've, uh, I've actually, um, I've owned a, prior to doing Bot Envy, I owned a company that it was a marketing agency that also uh, did software development. And we, we really specialized in developing software for automating marketing. And uh, I owned that for probably about 12 years. Um, I did that. And, um, you know, it was, it was a big evolution. You know, we started out, we actually started out I almost forgot about that, started out selling phone numbers where we went out and purchased phone numbers like um, 800 lawn care, 800 pest control, 800 landscape, uh, abandoned phone numbers. And uh, we figured out, I said we figured out, we had a friend that showed us how to do it, where we could actually do shared use with those phone numbers. And um, so for instance, we purchased some phone numbers like 1-800 lawn care. And uh, And what we could do is we could go into, for instance, like into Atlanta and I could subdivide Atlanta into multiple locations for different different, uh, owner operators. So I could break Atlanta into four four different areas. And if someone dialed 800 lawn care in one side of Atlanta, it would ring to one owner, another side would ring to another one. So that gave us the opportunity to start kind of what we call a quasi-franchise and, you know, it's kind of quasi-franchise. We first started selling phone numbers, and then we realized that just selling the phone numbers, business owners wouldn't use it. They wouldn't utilize it or implement them. The phone number was a great tool, but they didn't use it. It wouldn't work. So then we had to um, evolve, and we had to become kind of a marketing agency for them, where, you know, we started out initially just cutting letters of vinyl of 1-800-LAWN-CARE, and we'd send it to them, put it on their trucks, and it helped. And and then we had to evolve to incorporate it into more of their marketing, where we did, we brought on graphic designers and would integrate the phone number with their, their comp, local company logo, would um, help implement it on their websites, any print materials they had. And the idea, it was that at that point, now clients, I see customers and prospects could remember that number. So when it was time to recall who you wanted to use for, you know, lawn care, landscape, whatever, you dial 1-800-lawn care and it would go to that local provider. So we started a network of providers around the country that were doing that. You know, at one point, I think we probably had 500 
different providers around the country that were that were on the program, and we uh, continue to evolve, um, adding digital marketing as um, you know over that period of time, digital marketing was a new thing, um, but we added digital marketing, social, and then we rolled into more um, automated campaigns as well to help our clients grow their business, and um, then we we started offering it away from not just clients that were on the 800 vanity programs, but we just go out and sell it on the open market to all different um, verticals. And, you know, we actually developed a, a dashboard. We're one of the early companies that developed it, but a dashboard where a client could go in and they could update their website. They could do their, handle all their social media from there, send out text messages to clients, but handle a lot of their marketing right from their dashboard. And then um, that company, we actually merged into another larger company, which then purchased by a private equity firm, which now just got repurchased by another private equity firm. And, you know, so um, I'm not actively engaged in that at this point. So after the first um, acquisition, um, I, I, I stepped away and we're looking, you know, my, my wife and I, um, it's my wife and myself, and then we have a son who's 15 now. We kind of looked and said, well, you know, what, what, what am I going to do? Uh, and uh, my wife had been working with, uh, in the cosmetic industry for quite a while. She's an esthetician doing cool sculpting. And she brought up the idea, you know, that uh, she's heard of other locations around the country that just focused on cool sculpting and done that solely, body sculpting. So we kind of traveled the country and met with some of these other companies that were doing it and said, this makes some sense. And um, so we, we started Bot Envy down in Winter Park, Florida, uh, roughly in 2000, I must say July of 2019 was our first uh, month of business. And, um, you know, we've, we've, we've been, we're serious about growing the concepts and, you know, we've been, there's roughly about 3,700 locations around the country that provide cool sculpting services. And for roughly the last year and a half to two years, we've been uh, the number one provider in the entire network of 3,700 providers. You know, we just continue to grow. We're in the process now of adding our next location over in um, Dr. Phillips. And we also have the franchise documentation done as well. So we can start franchising if that's the direction we head in. I'm not sure exactly the direction we went ahead in. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Sounds like you're building the 20 lane highway to give yourself a lot of room to, to grow. I, I, I don't know. I'm a big believer in flexibility. Yeah. And um, just trying to set it up, set up, I guess, those roadways so you have flexibility so you can go to the right or left or whatever you decide you want to do. Did you and your wife, how'd you come up with the name for your company? I'm sure... Um, he asked her, she'd probably say it was her idea. And he asked me and say it was my idea, <laughs> but I don't remember. It doesn't matter, but you know what? We wanted something simple um, that had bod in it and we wanted body in it. We wanted something simple and kind of unique. And, you know, some, we just kept throwing around a lot of different ideas and talked to a lot of people and um, came up with, you know, bod envy. Yeah, it works for us. You know, honestly, names, I don't think are very important in business. You know, it's probably one of the sm- things of least concern, but yeah, but anyway, that's what we did. We came up, that's how we came about Envy. Well, you've had a lot of businesses and you are obviously now scaling your current business. How do you stay productive? Do you have any 
tips that you have for, for getting this all done? Because obviously it's not easy to have one location starting another location and Right. Well, especially in this climate now with the COVID and now finding staff, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting, you know, so finding staff is, is a challenging thing now for, for most businesses. Um, the climate has changed. But I tell you, for, for our business, for our retail side of it, the actual spa, it's helped us get great, great talent and talent we otherwise wouldn't have had. You know, in this area in Orlando, there's... Um, uh, you have a lot of timeshare. Timeshare took a hit, and uh, but timeshare. One thing they do a great job of is is, is finding great talent, and also um, helping them develop great talent and set expectations, right? And so, where some of this talent had been around for many years and no longer had a position, they came on board, and it was just it was a great opportunity. I've hired some wonderful people, just great skill sets. And that's the retail side. And the marketing side, marketing side, I'll say the retail sales side, but on the marketing advertising side, it's made it a little more challenging getting and keeping quality people. I think I think my ADD kicked off, kicked in and I went completely off base on that from your question. But how do you stay productive? I think was the question. Yeah. <laughs> the avenue is how to stay productive. Well, having, um, I think your you tip know, is having good people around you. Yeah, I, it, it really is. It really, if you, I tell you what, if you have good people and you help to find the top level goals, what we're trying to achieve, and you really have solid people who can understand the goals and can make decisions, you empower them to make decisions, you know, you're not going to get, you're not going to be able to grow a business on your own. And as much as we like to think we're the best at what we do, there's a lot of people around you you can surround yourself well with that have skill sets that are better than yourself in certain areas. So that's what I try to do. I definitely try to find people who have skill sets I don't have, given the ability to take ownership and decision-making. I always love hearing people's answer to this question because there's a lot of popular entrepreneurial advice out there, but is there any kind of popular entrepreneurial advice that you disagree with and that you feel like you maybe go the other way on? Well, I think the status quo of how maybe things have done in the past, I think we rely too much on that. And I am just in the opposite. I'm in the opposite side. I, I believe you do the same thing as everybody else is doing, you're going to have the same results that everybody else is having. So I, we take some pretty radical approaches to things and things that, you know, in fact, even the, our manufacturers have said, don't do that. Doesn't make sense. Don't do it. I said, nah, I'm going to try it. And we've had some success with some of those things. Now we've also had some failures, don't get me wrong. And, um, but so we definitely, you know, do we look and see what other people are doing? Yeah. But do we let that define us? Not even close. We, we, um, we're willing to take chances, chances and where we can mitigate the risk. Calculated. Yeah. That's awesome. What's one thing you wish you knew before you started into business? You've obviously had a few businesses at this point. Was there anything that you wish you would have known before you got started? Huh, that's a darn good question. I guess, you know, I guess part of it would be, um, I wish I could have learned to rely on, on, you know, the team to support you and not think you could do everything by yourself. I remember, you know, it's a story, it's funny. This was a long time ago. I used to have, um, <clears throat> I used to have this uh, restaurant and uh, it was a co-brand. It was a TCBY I had, a co- Barney's Coffee and Tea, Wall Street um, um, Deli. 
And um, at one point I was at the, at our uh, Barney's coffee and tea. I remember someone walked up to the desk. One of, one of my people were helping him, but his, his customer walked up and, and our um, uh, and staff member went up and introduced themselves, asked them what they wanted and did everything correctly. Well, I thought I could do it better. So I jumped in and I said, you know, sir, I'll take care of this. You know, I had put my cape on and I, because I thought I could do things that when I was young and ignorant, less, less ignorant, I thought I could do everything better than everybody. And uh, that's not the case. And uh, you got to rely on people and, you know, give them opportunities and help them professionally develop, identify what their skill sets are, what they're good at, let them do that and help professionally develop what they're missing and give them the leeway to be part of um, the decision-making process. So you've learned that a lot through your experience, but are there any books or any training or coaching that you went through that really helped you to work on that? You know what? I'm embarrassed to say I don't read books. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say, I tell you, I, uh, I didn't do great in high school, I barely graduated high school <laughs> and I wasn't very motivated. And I wish, I wish, that's one thing in life, I wish I was more motivated and would have gotten into enjoying, you know, I like reading magazines and articles and yeah, reading books. There's just volumes of good information you can learn quickly. And I just, I, I, unfortunately, I don't do that. Well, I have a lot of business owner clients. They told me about a lot of different sites you can get the cliff notes. And often I find they're, they're, they're absolutely right. <laughs> like, yeah. usually better off just skipping to the, I remember a book I read not too long ago and it was uh, the Tim Voss or whatever. And it was all about negotiating as if your life depended on it. And I looked at the cliff notes and I read that and I'm like, and I read the whole book and I said, like, man, I wish I would have just read the cliff notes because all, all the rest of it, you know, point, point taken. I need to do that. I need to look into that then. Good idea. Thank yeah, you. So, but uh, so just through experience and talking to other business owners and such, you've learned a lot of what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Awesome. I'll ask you, what are your future plans and anything else you'd like to share to help other business owners to be resilient and grow? What a question. That's, that's a great question. That's a mouthful. Well, I guess our plan is, um, you know, again, I'm not 100% sure what direction we want to head in, whether we want to go and franchise our concepts. We, one thought is just building, you know, a handful of stores and um, 10 stores and maybe worth quite a bit. And that could be a, an exit strategy in the future. Big part of what I want to do as well is, you know, we got some, we got a great set of team members and I want them to have the ability to, to grow. And um, one nice thing about it is it's a great opportunity as our, as our teams are growing with us, we can give them ownership. And that's one of the areas that uh, we're working on. And so, you know, I don't know. I, I'm probably not like most people. Maybe I'm a little older too. So I'm 52. So it's not like I'm a, a youngster, but I, I, I'm enjoying doing what I'm doing and working. And I'll only, I only want to work with people that I enjoy working with nowadays. Um, when I was younger and you had to work with it, with people that you necessarily didn't get along with or didn't agree with. They're not agree with, you know, at a personal level. I no longer have to do that. So I'm, I'm enjoying this. And as long, I'm, I'm going to grow it. As long as people want opportunities around here, we'll probably keep growing it. Um, I'm lucky enough that financially we're in pretty good shape for retirement and so forth. So probably wasn't a very inspiring answer. <laughs> no, I think, I think that, you know, I've worked with a lot of business owners and I think those that are the most successful are the most flexible. 
And you talked about that earlier and just allowing yourself to kind of gauge where your goals are hitting to then dictate what path, you know, you want to take. Yep. And, and, you know, and also family is so important and friends. And uh, when I was younger, it was, yeah, it was very tilted to one side. And now I'm, I probably have a much better life balance. That's yeah. kind of where I'm at right now. But long as I keep enjoying to de-stress, what do you like to do to de-stress? What are some of your hobbies? Um, you know what I enjoy, you know, you know, we just, uh, moved out on the lake. So we enjoy going out in the boat and doing wake surfing and we enjoy jet skiing and enjoy, I like to do group fitness, group fitness. Like I do at 45 now, another group fitness, just hanging around with friends, you know, having, uh, hanging out and cracking jokes and just being a little silly. That's good. That's good. All right. Well, anything else you want to share or? No, no, no. I I think that's about it. I really appreciate you spending some time with me, Amy. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, have a good rest of your day. And thanks for tuning in, everyone, to the Performance Minded Podcast.